This is the off-season podcast. Today is October 18th. I am your host, Ryan Hammer. It's October 18th, 18th. I am your host, Ryan Hammer, and I am joined by my longtime hometown friend and massive Nets and NBA fan, Mike Venezia. Mike, welcome, and thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I'm really excited to be on the show, and uh, I look forward to what we uh, talk about today. Yeah, I'm really I, excited for the NBA season. I think this could this could be uh, the first of many times we might be seeing you on the podcast. It's a little hint for the listeners. Um, but this is the official off-season podcast, NBA prediction episode, uh, I guess an NBA season prep episode. The season does start tomorrow, and so we're going to go into our standings predictions, our award predictions, as well as some hot takes and some breakout players that we are predicting for the season. We'll also get to the weekly segments at the end, but you're a big Nets fan. I see you rocking that jersey. Who's on the jersey? Uh, the Kevin Durant. Nice, uh, nice. Best player in the world right now. Yeah, I can't, can't really argue that. Um, I do... Like it's, I know it's a broken record. We got to talk about Kyrie. You're a Nets fan. So I, we don't have to go into it too much detail. I want to hear your perspective from a fan and then generally about, about him, like try to be unbiased also. Like what, what are your thoughts on it? Your opinion, just like straight up. Yeah. So I think with Kyrie's sort of history with the media, um, this could kind of serve as like the icing on the, on the cake because he faces so much slander as is uh, just with some of the personal decisions that he's made. Um, I definitely think this is a unique situation though, because again, right. Um, there isn't a vaccination mandate across the entire NBA. Uh, you know, it's only applicable to certain States, for example, New York. So one thing that confuses me is why can visiting players come to the Barclays center and play when they aren't vaccinated, but Kyrie isn't allowed. Um, that's one thing that's confusing to me. You know, it's obviously frustrating because as you know, personally, Kyrie is my favorite player watching him on the court. It's literal poetry. And, um, you know, not having him this year in the midst of a title window, who knows how long it will last, you know, really hurt in the interim. But, you know, I do respect his decision. And, you know, hopefully in the near future, he comes back on the court because we really do need him down the stretch in the playoffs. So. Yeah, it's, it's a fair take on it. Uh, especially you saw like the Nets, like injuries happen, like it sucks. So you can't really plan for it. Um, but lack of depth, especially not having another star is, would hurt tremendously. Um, now going to that, I like, how do you think they're definitely obviously title contenders still. Do you think they're title favorites with, without Kyrie? Say Kyrie is like completely out of the picture. Yeah. So I think we're head and shoulders, still the best team in the East. I think the duo of James Harden and Kevin Durant alone Fair. is still the best in the NBA. Um, I actually think Harden's going to have a really MVP caliber esque season. We'll get to that later, but yep. I think those two alone uh, getting LaMarcus Aldridge back, it's huge really adds front court depth. Uh, Paul Millsap, I think drafting Cam Thomas, he can really serve in a Jordan Clarkson type role out of the gate. I know a huge you were on him when we drafted him. I thought he was a perfect. I thought he was a perfect fit for the Knicks. Um, you know, him falling to us at twenty-seven. You know, the rich get richer, and uh, being able to learn from guys like James Harden and Kevin Durant, I really think he's going to be a bona fide scorer out the gate. So that's a huge add. But I think. I definitely think we're still the title favorites. Um, I'm not sure if we can beat LA definitively without Kyrie. I think that's to be determined. I also think Kyrie will be back by hopefully midseason, but a lot can happen in the meantime. And our Achilles heel is really just health. So hopefully everybody can stay on the court. Yeah, I, I do think that some point in the year, I, I think it's going to start out Kyrie's not going to get vaccinated. He's not going to play that much for a little while in, in the home games. I do think at some point the mandate will be changed or fixed or lifted, whatever it might be allowing him for him to play at home games, whether it's mid-season, end-of-season playoffs, early. Like, I don't know when, to be honest. That's we don't. I'm not a politician. I have no idea how that's going to work. Um, but at some point. I think that's a fair take on the Nets. Like, it's kind of just they're still, whether they're the favorite or the second favorite, or maybe even third, but, like, they're still up there. They're still that good of a team. Harden is ridiculous. All right, other question on the Nets. 
who's the point guard on the net starting point guard go uh james harden i'm right, no just making point. sure we're on the same page like it's not a question he i'm pretty sure he had like six points 13 assists in their last preseason game like that's a point guard yeah yeah, and it was funny because, you know, for most of Kyrie's career, he's been listed as a point guard. And, you know, when he played yeah. with LeBron in Cleveland, LeBron really is the ball-dominant player. So even though Kyrie's listed as a point guard, he really isn't. So last year, Kyrie sort of came out last year and said, James is the point guard, I'm the shooting guard, we're going to roll with it. And they really meshed perfectly. I had no complaint yeah. there. So. It, it increased Kyrie's efficiency, and it allowed James to do more and, like, play make more, which he's so he, – I saw a great post on TikTok today, I think it was, or yesterday, how – James Harden was a huge role in creating who Clint Capella is today. Like Clint Capella is nothing without what James Harden was a couple of year, a few years ago. So makes sense. And that that's exactly right. And I think that's why Nets fans, specifically me, I'm so high on Nick Claxton because yeah. he's a young big that can guard one through five off of switches. He's a great flyer to the rim. I mean, Harden threw at least three or four alley-oops to him last night. Fair. So if he can continue to really put on muscle and sort of season, I'm not saying he's the next Clint Capella, no way but he can yeah. sort of play that similar type of role down the stretch. And you saw how good Capella was in the playoffs last year, being right. a Hawks fan. He's actually one of my deep boy uh, candidates, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, he's a monster. Um, we'll start, we're going to start with the standings predictions. So let's do that first. We are going to go, we're going to go through the whole thing. East and West 15 to one on each side. And then we'll talk about, we'll do East and then we'll do West. Like we'll East and we'll talk about it. West we'll talk about it. All right. So we'll go East. I'm gonna let you start off. Who is going to finish 15th in the East this season? So 15th in the East, I'm going to have to go with the Orlando Magic. I um, also have the Magic at 15. Yeah, they're definitely who I like at 15. They're just so crowded over there with Suggs, Cole Anthony, Fultz. I mean, Jonathan yeah. Isaac's probably their best player, but who really knows what they're going to get to this year? That, that organization's a dumpster fire. All right, 14, go ahead. 14, I'm going to go with the Pistons. I also have the Pistons at 14. Who do you have at 13? See, this is where it gets tricky. Um, who do you have at 13? Oh man, I'm gonna have to go with. Hmm. I'm gonna say the Wizards. Okay, I have the Cavs at 13. Yeah, um, as you know, Darius Garland's one of my favorite players. Yeah, uh, I love the addition of Dinwiddie, you know, with the Wizards, and I think Kuzma's gonna have a great year, so they probably will exceed expectations. But you know, I'm really high on the Cavs and kind of hoping they break out. All right, so you, who do you have at uh, 13 then? Or, sorry, 12. Uh, I have the Cavs. And I have the Wizards. So who do you have at 11 then going forward? 11. This is where it gets I tough, have, I think. Very tough. Yeah. 11, I have the Raptors. I also have the Raptors. I think there is a clear 10. The Raptors can push that 10, I feel like. But at the same time, I think they're the teams ahead of them will get to them. But we know the next tier is like the Hornets, Pacers, Knicks type teams. And they are like a step ahead of the Raptors, even though the Raptors could – they could be in that group, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, but So who do you have at 10, then? Uh, 10, I got the Pacers. 10, I have the Hornets. And 9, I have the Pacers. Who do you got at 9? I got the Hornets at 9. Now, yeah. just to touch upon your point, um, I think the Pacers are probably the favorite to acquire Ben Simmons right now. Yep. So if they do end up trading for Simmons, I definitely think they could leap into that 7 to 9 range. So looking at their roster right now, I like the Hornets a little better. So I'm going to put them at 10, the Hornets at 9. I like the Hornets' young roster. It's hard not to. They're going to be fun to watch. I all, I just think – I like the Pacers, and they didn't show enough last year. They obviously had a, a ton of injuries last year, like Lavert in and out, even like Brogdon was in and out of injury and stuff. Um, but the Hornets, I think that it'll just take time for them to keep rolling and putting the pieces together. But they'll figure it out. Like, they're super young. They are really talented. So, all right, so this is where it gets tough. Top eight. 
obviously there's there's the plan. So 10 teams do get in the playoffs, but technically the top eight do are in the playoffs. So who is your eight and quote unquote last team in the playoffs? I think I know who it is. But I want to hear from you. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, too, um, the New York Knicks are my eight. Okay. I have the Boston Celtics at eight. I think Tatum is a dark horse MVP candidate. I think Jalen Brown is a really, really good supplemental player and that he can be like a borderline star. I wouldn't call him like a superstar yet at all by any means. Uh, I just don't like the roster just doesn't do it for me at all outside of them too. And like Robert Williams is decent. They have a couple guys off the bench like Pritchard and stuff. I just don't love their roster at all. But um, so who do you have at seven then? At seven, I have the Chicago Bulls. At seven, I have the Knicks. That's that's fair. I think Knicks fans won't like hearing this and a lot of Knicks fans will listen to it. Uh, and we'll, we could, let's talk about the Knicks after. I think it's a whole nother part, but all right, who do you got at six then? At six, I have the Boston Celtics. I think yeah. I think this is the year that Tatum really vaults into that uh, legitimate MVP conversation. Um, I'm not saying he'll be a top five player after this year. No, yeah. In terms of his numbers and just effect on the game, I really do think he's going to become a superstar. So I have them at six. I also like the Schroeder ad. Yeah, I think, it's fair. Yeah, I think um, I think people hate him. Schroeder's, yeah, you know what it is. So it, annoying. It's very hard to be a ball dominant guard and play with LeBron James, right? Yeah. Um, I think Schroeder's going to have a similar year to the year he had in OKC two years ago, and I really think he's going to be great for the Celtics. I think him, Tatum, Brown, I think Robert Williams will continue to get better. They also got Al Horford back, whatever that means. Um, He had some experience. I just like their firepower a little more than the Knicks and uh, even the Bulls just because they haven't played much together yet. But that 6 to 10, 6 to 8 range, like we were just talking about, it's just such so confusing. You can't really Right. And if the Raptors play any half decent basketball, they're going to be in that mix to make it six to 11. Like the Raptors won't get a six or seven, but if you told me they they finished as like a seven or eight, I'd be like, you know what? They played a little better than they should have. Like they have really good coaching. They had some good guys to play with. Uh, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely doubt that. Um, All right. We got top five. I want to hear top five, go five, four, three, two, one. And I'll do a five, four, three, two, one straight up. Okay. So at five, I have the 76ers. Wow. At four, I have your Atlanta Hawks. At three, I have the Miami Heat. At two, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. And at one, I have my Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Um, at five, I have the Miami Heat. I like the Heat. Well, I'll, I'll keep going. At five, I have the Miami Heat. At four, I have my Atlanta Hawks. At three, I have the 76ers. At two, I have the Nets. And at one, I have the Bucks. I think regular se- – I, ha- I had to make sure I thought about the regular season, not how good teams are – how many regular season wins are they going to get? The Nets, Bucks, I don't care who's one and two. The Sixers are the biggest thing for me. I think it's a hot take that they, I think they're going to finish three because with or without Ben Simmons, whoever they, they have, they will win a ton of games. They're still better than teams. They're still decently well coached and they're just better. Like they're going to win games. They're so much better than 90% of the teams in the league anyway on paper. Um, but I, I, if you have anything to touch on from what you said, I would love to hear it. Yeah, no, I mean, just to sort of feed off that, I think if Simmons does play, that, that's just the million-dollar question, right? I think if Simmons sure. does play, they're clearly the three. Um, I love Miami's addition of Kyle Lowry in the offseason. Yeah. Um, I think B.J. Tucker will be a good add. And Tyler Hero is a very confusing player to root for <laughs> because he obviously went off in the bubble last year, but I think he's going to have a really good year this year. Um, and I'm a huge Bam Adebayo fan. He dealt with injuries all last year. And Jimmy Butler wasn't Jimmy Butler. I just think the Heat – are the best equipped team to beat the Nets or the Bucks. So even though regular season perspective is a little different, those are my three best teams in the East. That's sort of why I rank them like that. that. That's fair. I do agree. I think the Heat are the third best team in the East. 
Um, I just don't like, like I said, the Bucks and the Sixers are probably two of the best regular season teams in the league, uh, maybe with like the Jazz and stuff like that. Um, but those are teams that just win. Like they straight up win in the regular season because of how well coached they are and how well put together and their consistent health for the most part, knock on wood for all of them, obviously. Um, but, and like, I wanted to put my Hawks higher. I, I had them at five originally, five, four, like as long as they're, we're a top five seed, I think it's a successful season because the top five, I think should be clear of six through whatever, through 15 or 11, whatever you want to put it. But like that should be tier one of teams in the East. And if the Hawks are convincingly in that top five, very successful, even though they were five last season, it's just a completely different season. So yeah. And then the Knicks, let's go back to the Knicks. Actually, a lot of people are like, they're ter- the worst logic in the world is people, Knicks fans, especially they, they do this. They go, not all Knicks fans. I'm not trying to come at everybody. They go, we were four last year. And we only improve the roster. So we have to be four at the worst. I'm like, that's just not how it works. One, COVID year, shorter year. Two, the injuries were ridiculous last year. And three, other teams got even better than you got better. And like, they they weren't the fourth best team in the East. They never were last year. Like, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, people think that they should, they deserve to be four. They did not, straight up. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more, right? I think Miami was really injury-ridden last year. Um, you know, Boston. They were missing a lot of depth. They got a little better. Chicago yeah. even got better. Um, I mean, did, you, yeah. you saw firsthand, we were texting back and forth during that Hawks-Knicks series, right? <laughs> and again, I have nothing against the Knicks. I really like what they're doing, but yeah. that was not a 4-5 matchup. You guys beat them 4-1 to handily. You clearly are the better team. Right. And, um, it should have been 4-0. Yeah, probably. It should have been uh, pending. I think who got hurt in the third quarter? DeAndre Hunter got Hunter. hurt, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And, um, yeah, I just think, don't get me wrong, the Knicks, they're very – sound defensively but they simply just don't have enough offensive firepower you know adding Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier a nice perimeter shooter is great but um you know a lot of these other teams are just healthy now and got better and I just simply think they're going to outperform you so. yep and people think Julius like oh like Julius isn't going to play like he did in the playoffs last year obviously not no one is going to be that cold in through a whole season that never it ha- doesn't happen but I don't think Julius is as good as people thought he was last year when he won most improved he had an incredible season all power to him I'm not saying he got figured out, but like it, towards that a little bit, it's hard to explain in my thoughts on him. But like, I think he's a good player. I just think he's like probably like on the, in the top 30 in the league, but people think he should be in the top 15. Like he's not close to that. He's not even close to that question to me. So. Yeah. Um, you know, the all NBA teams every year can be very subjective and Julius <laughs> Randall made the all NBA second team. And obviously there's five players on each team. He's clearly not a top 10 player in the NBA. So yeah. We'll definitely regress this year, especially since they added other scores. But mm-hmm. you saw how much he struggled in that Hawks series, right? Because all the defense was shifted towards him, and he clearly can't be the number one option. But right. I think, you know, hopefully the others can sort of take a load off of him this year. And I still think he's a heck of a player and of course. You know, the right move to re-sign him. But you'll definitely see some regression this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the West. Let's start at 15. Uh, I'll let you do do like 15, 15, 14, do 15 to 12. Or 15 to 11, actually. Just do the first five up. Okay. So at 15, I have the Thunder. Okay. At 14, I have the Rockets. At 13, I have the Kings. At 12, I have the Timberwolves. I regret putting the Minnesota 12 because I really like them this year. (laughs) The West is always just so good, and I can't put him over put them over these other teams and go into the list. Okay. So you went up to 12, right? I'll go up to 12 also. Yeah. At 15, I have the Rockets. At 14, I got the Thunder. I think those two are clearly the bottom teams in the, in the West. Yeah. 
Uh, they're not even that bad. They're not yeah. that bad on paper. They're, they're, they're bad, but they have some talent, obviously. Yes. Uh, at 13, I have the San Antonio Spurs. At 12, I have the Pelicans. So I don't think the Pel- – I think Zion being out for a little bit in the beginning of the season obviously doesn't help, um, even with him playing – I, man, I don't know what's going on there. They that's it's it's the franchise. I think before the t- before the team, and it kind of trickles down that way. Uh, I just don't see them winning a lot of games this year with the roster they have. Like I like the I, I like the move a little bit in Stephen Adams or Valanciunas. I like the add of Devonte Graham a lot. I just like I don't know. Is that team like gonna? Does that really move the needle that much against t- other teams? Like you're talking about the T Wolves and the Grizzlies and stuff. Like it's tough. Yeah, those teams, especially like New Orleans, you have Minnesota, Memphis, um, they're sort of just an NBA purgatory, right? Um, yeah. They're middle markets that really just have to bank on the draft and these guys turning into superstars because they're clearly not going to sign anybody prominent. I think lo- losing Lonzo is going to be bigger than they anticipate because mm-hmm. Graham isn't a traditional point guard, like you said. Uh, I'm just sort of, I really sort of root for superstars to really excel. And I'm really banking on Zion getting. Yeah, I want yeah. him to really break into that elite status this year. And I think he's going to become almost the primary ball handler. Like, don't be shocked if he's yeah. bringing up the ball 50% of possessions. The Alan Shunis is awesome. Great yeah, play. he's a good player. He is. What did what did Zion average last year? Like, a little over 20 probably? 26 and 9, I'd say. And he Jeez. shot maybe 57%. He was yeah. just Averaging 26 is crazy because – he is, I think he's second favorite to win most improved. If you average 26 a game and you're going to win most improved, you got to score like 30. You got to win MVP. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, um, that's, that's 100% right. That's so, pretty wild. But, but right. yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying. And sometimes when I look at, you know, these odds, it sort of shifts a narrative, right? And if Vegas is saying Zion's the second favorite to win most improved, are they, are they, do they know something? Like, is he really going to? excel this year and average 30 and 10 or something ridiculous i don't think he will yes um durability reasons and just usage but i definitely think we'll crack into the top 15 of best players in the league this year okay yeah most improves also hard it's a very very hard one for books i feel like in vegas to to get right because like it's always someone you never predict and that's like that's kind of how it works and they just kind of do their best with it which is what it is Um, but all right give me 11 10 and 9 from you okay so 11 i'm gonna go san antonio 10, I'm going to go the Pelicans, and 9, I'm going to go Memphis. Okay. Uh, 11, I have the Kings. I think I'll, I'll just go through first. 11, I have the Kings. 10, I have the Grizzlies. 9, I have the T-Wolves. I know T-Wolves are a hot team right now. It's hard not to like them. I'm just praying that they could stay healthy also, and they can get things right there. The Kings are a poverty franchise, as poverty as you can get, and that's what happens. It is what it is. But look at the roster right now. De'Aaron, Tyrese, and Davion Mitchell – I think they're going to win. They're finally, finally, finally going to win more games than they they were good. They're going to win the games they should, and they're finally going to win more games than they have been. I don't think I don't necessarily think that Davion Mitchell like pushes the needle and makes them win the games by himself. I think De'Aaron Fox stepping into that he's going to be an All Star this year is my prediction. Like him stepping into that real superstardom type role as as their best player by far and their point guard. That's going to help them along with adding Davion, along with developing Tyrese. They still have Bagley and Rashawn Holmes. Like it's a good roster. It's not a bad roster at all. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, De'Aaron Fox is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I think he will make the all-star game this year as well. As a neutral NBA fan, I really have been rooting for sort of that Simmons Fox swap because 
Mm. You can run a you can run a backcourt. You can run a backcourt of Mitchell and Halliburton, and then put Simmons at the point forward. Whereas in Philly, you have Fox and MB. Like that high screen pick and roll is unguardable. Like that would be nuts. And you know, again, it's it's the Kings. Like I just want to see the Kings do well. And <laughs> tying back to your Timberwolves point, praying to be healthy. Right, as a Nets fan, D'Angelo Russell literally resurrected our franchise. <laughs> I owe him that. You know, he got his money in Minnesota. The guy cannot stay on the court. He just I know. I really want him to. And as we talk about me and you literally every day, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the most talented players in the NBA. He should be a top like 10 a player. player. He should yeah. be a top 10 player. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah, it should be him. Um, Embiid and Jokic are the three best centers in the league. Obviously, Embiid and Jokic are a little better, but he should be like that solidified three, just really mm-hmm. – putting up 25 and 12 every night and Anthony Edwards, right. He's unbelievable. You've been on him since he was at Georgia. So if those three can really excel, you got Malik Beasley on the wing, 20 point scorer last year. Yeah. Um, They could do some things. And I love the Pat Bevett. I think he has a lot of tenacity defensively. Like he's going to work those guys in practice and just sort of that, playoff experience just to like really stay on them. I I think it will be good. I was just about to say that because I think who it does it most for is Anthony Edwards. He like, Anthony Edwards' production was great last year. His efficiency, not so much. But he took, he's like he's a rookie on a bad team, just putting up numbers day in, day out. And that's all you really want to see from him. You're like, great, he's the number one pick. We're happy we got him at number one. Like, he is an absolute baller. But I think adding a guy like Pat Beverly on the roster and just general development also, like whether he was to add, be added or not, I think Anthony Edwards takes that next step. Maybe not. Maybe he has the same stats, 20 and whatever. Like, what I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I think he takes that next step in competitiveness and – playing to win rather than just playing to play. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, I, I think Anthony Edwards is a big part of that, where if D'Lo's in or out, a lot will rely on Anthony Edwards, especially when D'Lo is out to help get the ball to Cat and to help manip- uh, to help run the offense and stuff like that. He's not a point guard. He never will be. I'm not saying he can be or he will be, but Anthony Edwards like needs to be able to run the offense every now and then when he needs, when, when D'Lo's not playing. So, um, yeah. yeah. Definitely, right. I agree with you. Let's let's get into let's get into nine. I want you to go nine to nine to five or nine nine to six. Nine to six, and then we'll do the top five. Okay, yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned before, I have Memphis at nine. Right. Um, I got Portland at eight. Okay. Dallas at seven. And I got the Clippers at six. And you wanted me to include five as well? No, you're good. You're good there. You're good there. Yeah. Clippers um, at six. Are we already did we already do nine? We already did nine, right? Yeah, we did nine. Yeah. So, so that was eight, seven, six, or ten. Yeah, Portland, Dallas, and the Clippers are eight through six. Okay, my bad. I was like trying to put it together. And I'm like, uh, no, I actually good. have the exact same thing: Blazers, Mavs, Clippers. Um, I like it's hard, even though they won games and they showed they could. The Clippers without Kawhi, they're not going to be able to do that in the regular season consistently, day in day out. They're just not. It's it's that simple. Um, they lost a couple guys also. I I, I just it's it's tough because like. Even with Kawhi, probably would finish a little better, but because he barely plays anyway. Um, but that is a tough one. The Blazers, I think, are finally gonna be in that regression where people are like, "Okay, the Blazers are officially not good." Like they never have been, but people don't realize that, don't understand that. Um, but I almost hope they don't, be, they aren't good, so that Dame can just be like, "Just honestly, get me out of here. It's time for me to go." Agreed. Um, but right, let's keep going. Oh, and the Mavs, like Luca, they haven't done shit. They have not done anything. Zero moves. They have no draft picks this year. I think it was maybe one in the second round. They've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. Congrats. You retained Tim Hardaway. You didn't get better. You know what I mean? And yeah. K- KP, Porzingis, like, again, he's the biggest question mark. He can't even stay on the court. And even when he does, he's not remotely consistent. So yep. it's just a matter of 
again, you know, this could be the year where Luka Doncic can average a 30-point triple-double. Like, yeah. Depending on how his efficiency splits are and if he shoots better from three, he's that good at basketball. Like, he has nothing around him. So. And they'll still be a 500 team if he does that. It doesn't matter. That's, he, that's what's so sad about it because he deserves a little more recognition. Don't get me wrong. Everybody knows who he is, but yeah. he's just so good. They need to be better. So. Yeah. All right, top five. Hit me with it. Five through one, straight up. All right, so five, I got Golden State Warriors. Four, I have the Denver Nuggets. Three, I have the Utah Jazz. Two, I have the Phoenix Suns. And one, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. I know that pains you to say that, the Lakers at one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hurts. But, you know, I mean, look at their roster, right? And, yeah, that's um, ridiculous. Yeah, Westbrook, LeBron, AD. And I love Phoenix, but I think LA is just a little better. Yeah. I have the Warriors at five as well. Uh, I have the Suns at four. I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. Again. I'll keep going. Warriors at five, Suns at four. I have the Nuggets at three, the Jazz at two, the Lakers at one. I was tempted to put the Nuggets higher. I wish Jamal Murray had a strong timetable for his return. Um, but even with that, I think they take, a, they take a big step. They can take a big step this year. They got swept in the playoffs last year. Obviously not what you want. Suns in four. Suns in four. Um, yeah. But – I think like Jamal Murray at some point back, like MPJ, every, every single person in the world wants Michael Porter Jr. to, to be a superstar. They paid him. They want like, he's a superstar. They paid him what Luca and Trey and SGA got. And I don't think he's going to take that kind of step. He's not going to be that level of player, uh, maybe towards the SGA level. But if he even remotely gets better, he scored 20 points a game last year. If he, and it gets anywhere close to like 23, 24 a game, that is such a huge impact massive impact for helping that team get buckets whenever they need to. And I think, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, like you said, really the timetable for Jamal Murray's return, it, it also depends how healthy he is when he comes back. I think if we had a healthy Jamal Murray going into the season, I have the nuggets as my two. Yeah. Um, right. I think they're exceptional and Jokic is one of the best players in the NBA and they just, you know, they're just good. They have a very fundamentally sound roster around them. They took my guy, Jeff Green, from the Nets. Still hurts. Love Uncle Jim. <laughs> but, um, you know, really just depending on Jamal Murray's timetable, they'll be in that two to four range. So. Yeah. Uh, I think the Jazz, last last point on the standings, the Jazz are like – their reason why they're so good in the regular season is because obviously they have a good roster. They're deep. But because they only have, like, one true superstar, maybe Cole Gobert, superstar. I don't know. He's a star, not a superstar. Yeah. They have, they have one real superstar – so because of that, their guys are going to play every single day. And Donovan loves he loves playing. Like, he's that type of guy where he's a competitor. So they play 100% of the time, everybody in their team when they're healthy. So that's why they win against almost everybody. So, Yeah, no, I agree with you. And Rudy Gobert, it's just – he's so – like, I don't know what it is with him, right? I don't know. Ever since, you know, he touched the microphone and COVID started, everybody sort of gives him, you know, whatever for yeah, it's it. weird. But, He's just so exceptional um, in the regular season defensively. And I just feel like there's so many times where he just gets dominated come playoff time. They really need him to excel come yeah. playoff because Donovan can't do it by himself. So Yeah. When you look at like numbers and, st and analytics, especially like advanced statistics, it supports Rudy Gobert as one of like the most impactful players in the entire league. But in the playoffs, like analytics mean less and less because you're playing on shorter sample sizes. So you're playing less games and you just have to be in the big moments. Like it, it almost is that way, the further you're getting to the playoffs. So. It, yeah, exactly. exactly. When you have to game plan against somebody for four to seven games, it's much easier than the middle of the season for one night. So, you know, players can really just excel yeah. more around Gilbert. So. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some player awards. Let's do it. Let's start out. Let's start out with rookie of the year. I want to, let's go over, we can go over, let's go over a couple of dark horses first. Um, and 
Dark Horses doesn't have to be like to outright win rookie of the year because we kind of know it's going to be one of two, maybe three players. But a couple of rookies that you're high on that like could be in that top three to five players this year of rookies and then your actual pick for rookie of the year. Hit me with it. Yeah, so this is definitely one of the better draft classes in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to name two guys that were drafted high. I don't think they're going to win rookie of the year, but I think they're going to have really impactful rookie seasons. The first one I want to talk about is Josh Giddy. Um, TikTok six, star. Yep, Josh Giddy, 6'8", 19 years old. Literally averaged, I think it was 11, 8, and 8 in the NBL mm-hmm. last year, which is an unbelievable stat line. Uh, for those who know, the NBL games – uh, players don't play remotely as much. So that's why their, you know, statistics are much lower, but still averaging 11, 8, and 8 for someone of that size. That's really like Ben Simmons-esque. Yep. Um, also being on the Thunder where they don't really have much else around him, I think he's going to get a lot of usage. And playing along a guy like SGA, I think he's going to really excel this year. So I can see him sneaking into, you know, fringe all-rookie first team, probably second team because of, you know, the two best players in the draft. But I like him a lot this year. My big question, year. real fast on Josh Giddy. My big, my question on him. I love Josh Giddy. He's so easy to like, like almost Luca esque in the turn in the style of play. He's a bigger guard, and because he is this like he's this international prospect, like and, and young and like kind of raw. My big thing on him, he's not a, he's not a great shooter, and it doesn't really matter when you're not a great shooter. But him playing next to SGA, who's going to be more ball dominant than anybody, almost maybe in the league, like his usage rate SGA. It's going to be crazy this year because he's the only like real player on the team. I hate to say it. Um, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm getting at there. How are they going to play off each other? I think they'll be fine, but I think it limits him a little. It does limit Giddy in some sense because he, he's not, he's never been an off ball player and he doesn't have that shooting to really stretch his game out and be a good off ball, a really good off, off ball player. But I, that's my only concern with him. Yeah. And I agree with that. And sort of touching on what I said before about, you know, the Ben Simmons type stat line and skill set outside of the defense. Giddy is also a pitiful defender, but (laughs) luckily they have Lou Dort who's really emerging as one of the better defenders of the league. So you can sort of have him as an off ball guard forward um, guarding the other team's best playmaker. So they could complement each other. Well, Um, you know, I mean, really just curious to see how they play with SGA and Giddy. That's something Mm -hmm. we're going to have to find out because, Again, how much of got of Josh Giddy has has any of us really watched? You know what I mean? And yeah. I really like what I've seen in the preseason. So I guess we're really gonna have to see how it goes. Yep, so. fair enough. All right, keep going on your next one. So my next one, um, Florida State product, Scotty Barnes. Oh yes. Um, Scotty Barnes is the most unique prospect in this draft. Literally, did not even start a college game at yeah. Florida State. Won six man of the year in the in the ACC. Ken guard one through five. Oh yeah. He's a sick ball handler. Can work on his shot, but his size and athleticism, he's going to be great out the gate. The guy just fills up the stat sheet. I absolutely love him this year. He's actually my third favorite rookie in the class. Um, it was funny because, you know, a few months ago when we were talking about, you know, who's going to go where, you know, we really were so fixated on Jalen Suggs going to the Raptors. Oh, Lowry's gone. You know, he's going to fill that void. He could really be that two-way guard that's sort of going to lead them for the next 15, 20 years. And right. they took Scotty Barnes at four, and everybody's like, whoa, Scotty Barnes. but he's a heck of a playmaker too. And he brings size and versatility to this team. So I really like him to have a great year with, you know, Lowry gone and just playing alongside FVV and OG, I don't know, OB and Siakam. Um, I really like Scotty Barnes this year too. And so. he like, you already see in preseason, he's been playing, he's been having, he's been having one of the better preseasons of all the rookies like possible. He almost like, if you, I, I actually posted a video about this the other, a couple of days ago, he is, but like, 
if, if you take 10 years off of Draymond and add him and give him really good athleticism, that is Scotty Barnes. And it almost seems like you, what people want Ben Simmons to be like, have that except Ben Simmons is more naturally talented. Scotty Barnes is a freaking workhorse. So he's like a hybrid of Draymond and Ben Simmons to me, um, which is incredible. Like you said, so unique. He does everything. He's been playing very efficiently in preseason, hitting jumpers, hitting mid ranges. Cause he's so long and athletic. Like having that mid range is going to be unbelievable. He was backing down. I forget what, what big it was. He was backing down one of the better bigs in the league and just faded off him, hit a jumper in his face. I'm like, if this guy can do that, he passed the ball. He can run it off. He can legitimately run an offense. It's crazy what he can do. Uh, I He's one of my guys too. I, don't, I won't even get into it because we just did. Um, I think he's going to be incredible. I was also a big Jalen Suggs guy, which I still am. Not on the Magic as much, but on the Raptors. Uh, I do think that because they have Malachi, I'm not saying Malachi Flynn is, a, you know, I'm high on him. I'm not saying he's going to be incredible. Because mm-hmm. they have him and they do believe in him and Fred Van Fleet, they probably said, we can take the more, unorthodox type guy who can play guard every now and then but it's a forward because we because we have two guards that we believe in so I think that's why they went Barnes but it's uh he's definitely unique he'll he'll be really good this year I agree yeah and just you know touching off of that on top of those two they got Goran Dragic as well another veteran guard that run the show and you know the NBA really has become positionless today and I really like sort of your hybrid comparison to Draymond Mm -hmm. um and you know they can roll out a five of Drogic, FEB, Ananobi, Siakam, and Scotty Barnes at the five. Like they could do whatever they yeah. want. That's what the NBA's come to. So I'm a firm believer in value over positional need, and they really mm-hmm. like them. So I think he's going to take off. Especially a team that's probably always going to be like teams like organizations like the Raptors are not like the Thunder when they're rebuilding. They're, they're the Spurs and the Raptors are two really good examples that do this. They rebuild, but they rebuild for championships in the near future. The Thunder are rebuilding just to be like relevant. I, 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 hate, I hate to say it. They're not going to win a title, like maybe ever. I, it's you know what I'm trying to say in the near future. This yeah. Raptors are building rosters to say we want to win a championship in six years from now. That's what we want to do, and because they have, and because they have really good systems in place, really good front office management, and very good coaching staffs to be able to do that, develop the players well, and that, like you said, take the value, and you'll figure the rest out because you're going to develop these guys to be a championship caliber team. Agreed. Um, all right, you got you have a pick. You have an official pick for rookie of the year. Yeah, so, you know, like we talked about, it's really just a two-headed race, right, between Kate and Jalen Green. Uh, I'm going to give the slight edge to Jalen Green right now. Um, I've been a huge Jalen Green fan since he was in high school, and I love the fact that he took the G League route. This guy is a bona fide scorer, and um, he's going to fit in with the Rockets just fine, playing alongside KPJ. you got Christian Wood. you got Jason Sean Tate. Um, he is, in my opinion, the best prospect in the draft, and He's going to be a proven scorer right out of the gate while, you know, having pretty good efficiency as well. Um, I think Cade will have a little bit higher usage and he may even have, you know, better numbers statistically on paper, but in terms of just immediate impact out the gate and really just being a seamless fit, um, I think Jalen Green is going to be a superstar. So I'm going to give the slight edge to him. That's fair. Um, I, it's tough. Like you said, the efficiency thing, I think it could be something that will be in Cade's favor of anything because, because Jalen Green's maybe not. It's tough because like shooting percentages, at least shooting percentages, it'll go in Cade's favor because he's going to shoot less than Jalen Green. And, and Jalen Green's going to score probably close to 20 points a game. I, I got to be honest. Um, he's kind of like the Anthony Edwards. And then Cade's more like the LaMelo, especially in the play styles and how they're going to reflect. I do think Cade's going to win reflect because of how reflective his impact will be in the stat sheet all over. Like, say what a LaMelo average, probably close to like 15, seven and five, something like that. And Anthony Edwards probably averaged like 18, 19 a game and like three and three. 
I yep. think that filling of the stat sheet is going to do more because it's because of the usage rate. Like you said, um, my pick is Cade. Uh, but I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And Jalen Green's ridiculous. I love watching him in the G League. I love that he went to G League route, like you said. I think it opens the door up for other players. I think Kaminga is also very good. People like, because Jalen Green went the G League route, people forget that Jonathan Kaminga did also. They forget that Daisha Nix did also. Like, these guys are also good players. I'm very excited to see how that G League route uh, goes in the coming years. But with like stuff like Overtime Elite coming out and things like that, I think it does impact that and it probably takes away from it more than it takes away from the college game because the college game is so historical and widely grasping and stuff. But um, another guy that I do like, I like Cam Thomas a lot. We talked about him, uh, bona fide scorer, exactly what the Nets needed. Uh, then, like you said, the Knicks could have taken him instead of Quentin Grimes. I love Quentin Grimes. You know that I love Quentin Grimes. Um, but Cam Thomas is an absolute bucket. I said before the draft, he is the second best scorer in the draft behind Jalen Green. Um, it's hard to beat Jalen Green out, but pure scorer at least. Maybe overall scorer, we'll see. Another guy I like to not win rookie of the year, he's not going to win rookie of the year, but he might sneak into that like second team, is Bones Highland. Um, I think I think on the Nuggets, like you saw him playing the, the other day uh, in preseason. You saw his impact and stuff without Jamal Murray and, and whatnot. Um, they need a guard. He has He's going to have an instant impact. He does everything, both sides of the floor. Him and Ayo Dosumu are very similar players, in my opinion, except Bones is probably a little better and more like smooth off offensively. Um, his efficiency will probably be a little better. Won't turn the ball over as much, but I think he is very good, can be good with, with the minutes that Jamal Murray being out will give him. And then when Jamal comes back, I think him he'll be able to play off ball because he's that type of athlete. So I'm excited to see how he, how he impacts. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that people are like, wow, like how did this guy go late in the first round? It makes no sense to me. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, it's a great guy to think about as well, especially yeah. with Jamal Murray out. So yeah. All right. Let's go to uh my my personal favorite, most improved. Let's hear, I want to hear one dark horse, or if you have two, and then a pick. Okay. So again, I, I hate to keep bringing up Ben Simmons, but him playing is really dependent on this guy's improvement and growth yep. this next year. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is my dark horse for most Ooh, improved. I like that. Um, I think he started in eight or nine games last year and averaged 18 and six. Guy is another bona fide scorer out of Kentucky. So I think if Simmons is out this year, Maxi is going to play up, upwards of 30 to 33 minutes per game, maybe mm-hmm. even more, you know, young guy, fresh legs are going to ride him to the end. And I really like him this year to break out. Um, so he's sort of my dark horse pick. Um, and then just sort of the touch upon another guy, like, uh, you know, how much I love Darius Garland. Yep. Um, Darius Garland averaged 17 and six last year. I think he shot 45% Wiley. of the field, almost 40 from three. You know, there's been so much talk about Colin Sexton leaving. And I like Colin Sexton, but the only reason why I was dying for him to leave is for Garland to really push his case to become the most improved, right? What about Sexland? So, I mean, Sexton's great, but I think he already averages 20-plus a game. I think he's sort of just at his ceiling already. He's like a 20-point scorer. Not the best playmaker. I was Um, getting at them together because they have the the oh Sexland. Oh, Sexland. Yeah, no, that's a great tandem. I mean, I love the two as a whole. Just really pushing the narrative for most improved. You know, Garland now has Mobley to work with. Jared Allen, first full year in the offense. They added Laurie Market. And I think his assist numbers are going to go up. I really like Garland to have a great year. Um, And then my most improved player pick. Mm -hmm. So this can go a few ways because like we talked about DeMar hit me with it. Just hit me with it. DeMar DeRozan leaving the Spurs really opens up the door for Keldon Johnson to excel this year. Love that. Um, you know, played this past summer with team USA, really got to learn from the brightest guys, the best guys in the NBA. 
Um, only average, I think, 12 or 13 and six last year. Right. And, you know, with 21 points per game really opening up, I think we sort of know where DeJounte Murray is. You know, he was a guy who averaged 15, I think, seven and five-ish as well. Um, Derek White, the pressure's on him to blow up as well. But Keldon Johnson really just plugging into that swingman role. I think his usage is going to be a lot higher this year. And I think he has the potential to blow up and be a 20-point scorer. So yep. he's That's my a- pick most improved. That's fair. That kind of ties in actually to my dark horse pick. I, I literally wrote someone on the Spurs. Um, I think I've yeah, on exactly. Twitter and stuff. They, so my thing is that like all, because DeMar's out, there's all three of them are going to take bigger roles. Even Lonnie Walker, like I, and Devin Vassell, like they're all, everyone takes a bigger role. Now their best player is gone. Dejounte's the best player out of the three for now. Um, I think he will be the best player out of three. Yeah. I think I, if I had to put percentages on it, I would say also the way like, this we're going about it the right way you, the opportunity you have to find like open opportunity that's where guys have been most improved like christian wood jeremy grant like when siakam and, and Giannis are one most improved like there's opportunities just to open up when guys leave and when there's just minutes to be had and like usage to be had and that's where you find most improved doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to be the best player like you know how i feel about jeremy grant i don't like love his game as much yeah. as everyone else does i think he's a good player i just think he's his stats were so inflated but that's, that's how you win most improved. That's how you win most improved. I think on the Spurs, I would put it at like, this is tough. Like a, there's a 20% chance to me that all three of them take an even step up and none of them come close to winning the award. Um, just because like they, that, that could happen. They could all just evenly distribute the ball and like even distribute the, the, the increased impact. I think out of the other 80%, it's like 10% chance it's Derek White. I don't, I think that because out of the two guards, DeJounte will be the guy that they take the bigger role, I think at least. Could be Derek White, never know. Uh, that leaves me 70, 70%. I put it at 40% DeJounte, 30% Keldon. Who will take the, if, if one of them is going to take a huge jump, I think it's DeJounte. I like DeJounte. You know, I like his game. He does everything. We're talking about like, he's not as big as Simmons and Scotty Barnes and stuff, but I think he has similar type of impact. He can't defend the five and the four. Um, yeah. but he has similar type of impact. He's, he's more of a pure guard than they are, obviously. Um, but he's one of my dark horses for sure. Another one I thought of today actually is Devontae Graham. I think they don't really have like a true point guard. Now that Lonzo has gone. They never like Lonzo is just Lonzo. And I think he is a very, very underrated player. He just didn't fit into Charlotte anymore. They have Terry and Lamelo, and they know Devontae Graham is good and they couldn't give him the usage they wanted to, and they could get something good for him. They only, Ended up getting a, uh, I think it was a mid-round pick. It's an, a lottery-protected first-rounder. But he's an underrated player. He only gets paid like 11 million, 11 to 12 million a year, which like is pretty low for what he, how he kind of popped off on, on the end of his rookie contract. I think he could, he could take a leap, uh, an increase of like five or six points a game because like, like I said, the usage and opportunity is there. With Zion out, especially, it'll just lean on everyone else more. Um, and then my official pick is Jaron Jackson Jr., I think coming off of injury, he played 11 games last year. I think he averaged 14 points a game. Um, the year before, he averaged like 17 and six, I think. he They traded Valanciunas. They know he's their guy at the five. He's better than Steven Adams. He's one of the most athletic centers in the league. I got to be honest, when he's healthy. He is. He can shoot. He has ridiculously awful form. His legs like flail out when he shoots yeah, from three. It's, it's, it's really brutal to watch, but he's not a bad shooter. He can shoot when he needs to. He runs the floor. He can play defense. He can do a lot. He can do almost everything on the floor you want out of your out of your five. And on a young team on the come up, 
everyone wants Ja to take that big step. I think Jaron Jackson literally could be better than Ja in a, this year. Like I think he could be he could be that that level of player. So he's my pick. Nice, that's a great pick. And like you mentioned before, right? It's all about really finding window of opportunity. I don't think the Grizzlies traded away Valanciunas for no reason, right? Stephen Adams is clearly not remotely as good, and I can easily see Jackson starting as a small ball five this year and having having a potential twenty and ten season. So I think that's an awesome pick. Yep, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, don't worry about it. I got it. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's do let's do Depoy and then we'll do MVP. So Depoy, um, you want to give me like a dark horse and a favorite and uh, and your pick? Sorry. Yeah, so the deep boy is so difficult, right? Because Very hard. It's almost like the same guys are in the conversation every year. Name um, the, who are the guys? Like it's Capella, uh, Capella. Um, Gobert, Giannis, Gobert, Simmons, Giannis, Simmons, Adebayo, Bam, maybe. Right? And then like people want to put yeah. Drew Holiday in there, he won't win. But Drew Holiday, is that Matisse? Like I saw Matisse Thibault. Like, yeah, like he's not. Gonna... It's like he's not significant enough on a team to really right. He right. Yeah. He has his offensive game is so lacking that he won't get the minutes to have the defensive impact that he needs to win an award like that. One hundred percent. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of a dark horse pick, this guy isn't even really a dark horse, in my opinion. Bam Adebayo to win Depoy. He's one of my favorite players of the league, in the league. You know, that block in the bubble last year against yeah. the Celtics um, in the playoffs at the buzzer. Literally, I'll never forget that. That was one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen. But he's just one of those guys can guard one through five. You know, he's a unicorn. Um, I could see him winning the award, especially on the Heat, because they really are going to be a great defensive team this year. Yep. With adding Lowry and Tucker. Um, my winner for Depoy, I'm actually going to go with Anthony Davis. Um, Ooh, I, I think like so. This is the first time I think where the Lakers' success is going to be dependent on AD this year um, rather than LeBron. I do think, I still think LeBron is the team's best player. Yeah. But I think this team goes where AD goes. And, you know, Fair. him being at his best when healthy, a top five player in the league, um, he's an elite rim protector. I also saw reports that he's willing to play a lot more of the five this year, which is what needed to be ha- happen last year because right. Montrez can't defend. Marcus Cole is horrific, right? <laughs> heck of a awful. career, but at this stage in his career, he's got awful. <laughs> he's a heck of a career. Uh, yeah, so oh, even though Gasol is a former deep boy, I don't know how. Yeah, right, right. He can't he's even a shooter, move too. Now. Yeah, he exactly. was a shooter when he was, when he was at his peak. Yeah, and uh, the Lakers added DeAndre Jordan. I know from experience as a Nets fan, he's got nothing left in the tank. So I think AD will clearly be their best defender. They got Dwight too, but um, I like Anthony Davis to really have a bounce back here and sort of re-solidify himself as a bona fide superstar in the league, and I think he's going to win Detroit. That's fair. Um, I, I like the pick. I think even that's a dark horse because of his health and because of how many guys – are on the team and are going to get minutes and like usage. I think that's why he is a dark, it's a good dark horse pick. Also my dark horse is who I picked the last year to win. And he, he wouldn't have won if he stayed healthy, but if he, he, when he got injured, I want to see if you can guess it. When he got injured, you'll guess it. When he got injured, he was favorite or top two or three to win the award at the time, probably in the mid to early mid season. Who, who do you think I'm thinking of? My Miles Cerner. Yes, sir. Miles Turner. Let's go. Talk about elite rim protectors. That man is an absolute menace. They were, I, when they were shopping him, I was surprised because I look at the Pacers roster and I go Brogdon, Lavert, Sabonis, Warren, and um, and Miles right. Turner. I'm like, why is that team not a top six team in the East? Why can't they be a top six team? Um, I get why. I understand they don't have like a top a real a real go to guy. I, I get it. Sabonis is a really good, but I think Miles Turner is. They have two. They have two to three All Star caliber players on that team. That, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's crazy. Um, but I think Miles Turner 
is very good value. He, health, obviously, he stays healthy. I think he's he, he could finish on the all first or second defensive team. It'll be hard because, like, I think they go by positions or maybe not. They go they go by positions for defensive teams or they just pick best five? Um, just I'm best five, sure right? Uh, I feel for like... rookie team, they do best five. All right, whatever. If if they yeah. do, if they did it just best five, he'd be all first or all second. If they do by position, it'll be hard because the centers are always so good. But I think he is that like second right there behind Gobert. Like I get that. Um, and honestly, my pick, like I want to pick Giannis. Like I just want to pick Giannis. That man is an absolute menace. I think, I think he's gonna take more of a center role than he ever has this year. Um, I think he noticed how how strong and impactful he can be down low in the paint on offense and defense. He can guard and play offense against any big in the league. He can he can play offense and defense against any big almost ever, except for like Shaq. <laughs> That's probably like he's that dominant where he can play the five. And I think even in fantasy basketball, you can play him in the five. Like it's it's a known thing now. Um, so I'll take Giannis, I guess. I, I'm not really super convinced on like a depoy pick. I think it's another tough one. I want to yeah. pick Simmons. I just don't know where he's playing, so I'm not going to. Uh, or if he's going to play, but I think he could be a guy there. So. Yeah, no, definitely. I like I like that pick a lot. And I completely forgot about Miles Turner. That was an awesome one. You know, I had him in fantasy last year. And we would be yeah. talking and he'd be like, dude, this guy's literally averaging like almost five blocks a game. And he like, can yeah. shoot too. And he could shoot the three. Stretches the four. He's an eight. He gets paid, I believe, 80 million. Like the talent is there. It's just yep. him playing in a middle market, struggling to stay on the court. And, you know, the Pacers aren't really, they're very overlooked, as we know. And mm. you know more than anybody being a huge Malcolm Brogdon fan. So hopefully oh they, they could take that leap this year, but we don't know. We got to see. I almost hope they don't trade for Ben because Brogdon missed like a, a little less than half a year. Turner missed, I think, half the season. We all know TJ Warren. I think it was out the whole year. Karis LeVert missed a ridiculous amount of time. We know that because of his kill. I think it was kidney or whatever it was. Um, but it, mine, yeah. right. Um, but like, think about those injuries. Those are that's literally their starting five, starting four with Sabonis. Like, Sabonis is the only consistent starter among their best five. That team is good. That team is good, and no joke could could is a better team on paper than the Celtics. I'm not gonna say this. Are they a better team than the Knicks? Maybe on paper, I, w- I, w- I would take them over the Knicks. I would take them over the Knicks. I'll say it. I would too. With no, it's, it's not. I, think, a, I mean, yeah. they were a, they were a four they were a four to six seed every year prior to last year. Yeah. If we could get bubble TJ Warren, then hey, we're know, not going to get bubble TJ. That's my hot take for the year: is that the Pacers are better. Can uh, that's not really a hot take if I say they can be, but they will be better than the Knicks. Like, they're a better team, straight up. They're a better team, and the Celtics, like they're just better than these teams. Even the Bulls, like I'll keep going. I'm a big Pacers guy, but like you said about the awards, though. Being in a small market, if Miles Turner puts up whatever, say, X, Y, and Z numbers, and then Anthony Davis puts up the exact same X, Y, and Z numbers, Anthony Davis wins the award 100 unanimously. And that's how it goes, and I get that. Um, But that's the only reason why I think Turner won't win is because he won't put up outrageously outrageous numbers where he's a clear pick. You know what I mean? Yep, I agree with you. um, But all right, let's uh, let's run to MVP. Let's do it. Dark Horse and a pick. All right. Um, so my dark horse pick, um, tying back to before, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Clearly the opportunities there. Um, he might catapult an average potentially like 28 and eight this year. Um, adding Schroeder, yeah. adding a veteran in Al Horford. Um, I think Robert Williams is going to take a leap this year. I literally love Robert Williams. I don't know what it is. He's just such a good defender. Uh, he's so athletic. He can really play with those guys. Well, um, I think Peyton Pritchard proved to be, you know, a decent backup point guard. And, you know, now with the fact that he won't have to start this year with Schroeder there, I think will really maximize his opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, if the Celtics are able to potentially get to a four or five seed, and I, I think it's possible. I really do. Um, I think the I'm Udoka hire was great. You know, he's yep. formerly on the net staff comes from the Spurs hierarchy. Like he really is a great basketball mind. And, you know, with Brad Stevens sort of running the basketball operations now, I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls off, you know, a midseason move to really make them better. Yeah. Um, so I think Jason Tatum, even though he is known as being a top, you know, 10 to 13 player in the world right now, if he can catapult himself to that five to seven conversation, really lead the Celtics to a four or five seed this year while averaging almost 30 a game, yeah. and he can win MVP. Uh, that's my dark horse. Okay, I'll, I'll give my dark horse because this is the, this is the yeah. big one. Um, yeah. It's tough because, like, you want – I like. I'm going to take out like guys like hard and Luke. Those aren't dark horses. Those are the top five, yeah. even LeBron, like he's not going to win and Kate, they're not going to win, but those yeah. aren't even dark horses because we they have one. Like they, we know how good they are. My, yeah. I'm so biased. My dark horse is Trey young because like he doing what he did in the playoffs last year. He didn't even, he didn't even make the, make the uh, all-star game. He averaged like 26 and nine last year. Yeah, which is wow. another story on its own. I am very biased. I understand that for anyone listening. I do not care. I literally just don't care what you have to say about it. He, if he takes a, he's literally, he is going to be in his fourth year. If he takes a step to average, he's, I say it was 26 and nine to average like 28 and 10, that like, or 29 and 10 to 30 and 10 is what it would have to be for MVP numbers. But that's those, like, he's improving. He's so young. He's only getting better. He's all, he's so Trey Young. Get it young. That's, I just realized that. Um, yeah. But nice like, play on words. I don't see why he can't finish in with like an MVP vote in some capacity, if he has like a really, really, really good season this year. Um, I'm obviously, like I said, I'm biased. I'm very excited for him. I'm a favorite player in the league, but I, I legitimately think that it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if he was like second or third in voting, not, not by any means. So. Yeah, no, I mean, he's perfectly positioned to be in the MVP conversation and, you know, the Hawks are, in my opinion, a top seven to eight team in the NBA in terms of roster top to bottom. And it takes having team recognition to be able to win MVP 100%. The Celt- being on the Celtics for Tatum already has that because they're a historic franchise. Being on the Lakers, the Clippers, and big markets, the Knicks, the Nets, like that, you already have that. But the Hawks making a big run last year puts them in, in the national market. It puts them in the national market. And if they're a top four or five team this year and Trey can be an all-star starter and like people talk about him winning an MVP at some point, like that is what they need as a franchise and what he needs to be able to win an MVP one day. I think, do think he'll win an MVP at some point um, in his career. It'll probably be in like four years, three years, something like that. Um, but that's the type of guy I think he is. So, all right, who's your pick? Let's get, I want to hear your pick. I'm so eager to hear this. So my MVP pick for this upcoming season, I, it's hard for me to say, um, but I'm going to say Luka Doncic. And I think, in year four, Luca is one of the best best basketball players I've ever seen. Um, simply doesn't have the best supporting cast around him. Averaged 28, 8, and 8 last year. Like I said before, if he can improve his three-point shooting, this guy can almost have a 30-point triple-double S season. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to compare this MVP season to Westbrook a few years ago because yeah. the Thunder on paper outside of Russ, I think they had – a B grade Victor Oladipo and really nobody else. Um, so if the, you know, it depends on how Jamal Murray is and other injuries throughout the league. So if the Mavericks can somehow catapult to a five or six seed and Luca can put up the numbers that he's capable of, mm-hmm. I think he could easily win MVP this year because it really is a narrative based <laughs> award. Um, and I wanted to pick Kevin Durant, you know, that especially with Kyrie out, right. 
He's only played 35 games in the last two seasons. And I actually think exactly. Exactly. And I was going to say that. Yeah. I think Harden will actually have a better MVP case than Durant this year, even though Durant is the best player. Um, So I'm going to go Luka. Like, yeah, Harden, Harden could easily average like 27 and 11 this year. Not even kidding. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. 100%. He, he's going to re I saw, I think it was CBS. It honestly might have been ESPN. They listed him as the 10th best player this upcoming season. My James ass. Harden. Yeah. And that is a horrific take. I don't care how old James Harden is. He's better he is than Luca. My, better than yes. Luca. Yes. And that's a, that's a conversation to be had. But um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Luca this year to win MVP. Okay. Um, there have been two players ever to win Depoy and MVP in the same season. Can you name them? Isn't it Giannis and Kareem? Not Giannis, not Kareem. One of them yeah. is one of the best basketball players of all time, and one of them is also one of the better basketball players of all time. One's a guard, one's a big. One's a guard. MJ? Yeah, yeah. MJ won one, and then one of the better. Tim Duncan? No, he, he's, a, he's a true Jack? big. What's up? Shaq? No. Hakeem Olajuwon also oh, won I MVP. Knew that one. Yeah. My take is Giannis wins MVP and Depoy this year. Um, I don't like. It's not because they won a title. It's because if like that man day in day out, he doesn't miss games. He puts up thirty and twenty whenever he wants. Forty yeah. and twenty. It, yeah. It's un. It's unbelievable. Like outside of Shaq, even with Shaq, he, they're the most dominant players of all time. Like he is so ridiculous that we are literally witnessing one of the most unique players, if not the most unique player ever. He's been, he, his jumper has looked ridiculous in preseason. So smooth. Uh, like, how frightened. is that fair? How is that fair? I don't know. He's, he clearly, you know what it is? Just like with how good the bucks are and him just being by and far the best <laughs> player on that team. Like he is in position to win MVP every year. Like he's, he should he's be like LeBron year. in the early 2010s with Miami and then into Cleveland. Like, he can win every year. And, you know, obviously Giannis crosses my mind. I didn't even include him because, you know, I try to base it as a narrative type award, you know, no, that's fair. That narrative and he won't win. But in terms of just opportunity to excel, get better and really win the award again, it has to be Giannis, especially with how good the yeah. Bucs are to be this year. So, yeah. I mean, I like the pick. It's textbook. You, you can't be against that. And so. you know that I like picking guys that I support. Like, I will never pick. I'm trying to think of guys who I wouldn't like. I wouldn't pick Harden or, or KD if KD was playing every game because like I just don't like. I don't want to pick anybody from like the team like that um, and their like core there. Like the guys that I like really like. It's Giannis is so likable that talk about like a what did you say? Um, painting a picture, or whatever, right? Like likability and how much people love Giannis. He is slowly becoming the face of the league. Like people don't want some people don't want him to be because he's international, whatever. Like that's ridiculous. I remember like Stephen A said that. I think like. Fuck out of here, Stephen A. Like, that's not that's bullshit because yeah. I don't care where he's from. He could be the face of the league. He's so likable. He loves the fans. He's always positive and happy. Like nothing not to like about that guy. So it's so easy to give him every award. Like give him everything. Rookie of the year. I don't care. Whatever. Um, yeah. Stephen A. Honestly, Stephen A. has been on my shit list lately. I don't know what's up with him. He's just been saying things that are just so outlandish. Literally him and Jay Williams were going at it on first take the other day. I don't oh, know Jay Will's on first take? Yeah, they were going at it over the whole Kyrie situation. But. Jay Will, I know Jay Will is like kind of defending him more, right? And Max is, uh, yeah, Max he, is not. 
Yeah, he's just saying, you know, Kyrie's his own person. He respects him to make that decision. But right. at the same time, the Nets are in the midst of a championship window. Who's Steve Nair? Jay Will said this. Jay, Jay Will. Okay, sorry. And he basically emphasized, look, like Kyrie deserves to make whatever decision he wants. But at the same time, the Nets are trying to achieve a championship here. So if they have to trade him to improve that roster right now, then they have to. And he has to go over. Very respectful. So, Jay Will said yeah, it, it's both sides. You got to respect both opinions. But. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. So yeah, well, we had it, and it is what it is. Stephen A is like yeah. he does it for views and clicks half the time, also. So props to him for for getting that big, bigger bag than half the NBA. Um, I will say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. All right, before we get out of here, is there anything hot take wise or like anything you want to say about the season that you're like pretty confident about? Yeah. So just one thing that really sticks out to me. I know you and I aren't huge on him. But the other day, Tyler Hero came out and said that uh, he deserves to be in the same oh, conversation shit. as Luca, Ja, Trey, and others. First of all, SGA is even better than Tyler Hero. He's so like, make sure SGA is in that conversation, too. The guy had right. an unbelievable season last year. Um, I think Tyler Hero is going to win sixth man of the year this year. Ooh. Um, we didn't I do that award. Shit, my bad. Yeah. on me. No, it's all good. Um, that was just one take that's really resonating with me. I don't know. I just really like him. I think he's in the perfect position to do so. Um, and, I, you know, he's been working. He put on some muscle as well. He was showing some really big bursts in his off-season workouts too. And, uh, yeah, I like him to win sixth man of the year this year. My thing about my problem with – like, it's not a problem. He, he looks great in the workouts. It's great. So does Ben Simmons. He's hitting threes in his workouts. Like – Every, 99% of the players in the NBA are working there, working just as hard, if not harder than Tyler Hero, Tatum. Yeah. I think I see his workout stuff. People were crucifying Luca in the summer. Like he's on a boat and Jason Tatum is doing, is in the gym. You don't know what they're doing all the time. Like I understand it's good to see their workouts and stuff, what they're doing. They look good. They're NBA players they are always going to look good. Um, and I, that doesn't make, doesn't impact my view on how they're going to be this season. I understand where you're coming from though with Tyler Hero and he's confident. He can literally, as you would say, kick rocks with he can scratch sorry but he can kick rocks <laughs> what he said like with he he he's not even in my top 100 players heading into the season i left him out of my list i did a top 100 um i i like i just i don't know i don't understand it he can win six man of the year i could see that happening i get what you're saying um is that i guess with duncan robinson starting or no yeah duncan's usually they're starting too okay um, that's so fine i then. would say i would say i honestly i think just, I guess, you know, if you want to touch upon the award quick, I really think there's only four guys oh, that can win six man of the year. If I, I think Hero can win, Clarkson, but usually you don't have a six man of the year two years in a row. Unless it's Lou uh, Will, yeah. Yeah, Derek Rose can win. And then really my last pick, so this is a sleeper. It's I know a, you're going to get excited about I think it's going to be the same one. one. Kevin Herter. Oh! Marilyn Herb. So that is my sleeper six man of the year pick. I know how much you love him on your Hawks. He's a Maryland alum, Red Velvet. From Albany, um, yeah, no, I really like her. The no, he, up he, could. he was sick in the playoffs. Like, I like, love his game. He could score like fifteen to eighteen a game. Like no joke, he can. Uh, I think the roster. The problem is the roster is so deep. Adding Delion Wright, Jalen Johnson, and Sharif's gonna get time. Like the young, all these guys, Bogey, Gallinari. Like go down the list. Lou Will. There's so many mouths to feed, but I do yeah. think that there will be. It won't be that consistent. There are gonna be like one or two guys that are clearly better than the rest of the bench guys. And I, I do unbiasedly i do understand the pick i wouldn't pick him i understand this liver pick um before all the moves even with the moves i think kobe white could take a big jump this year and potentially get himself in there I, it's your unc guy let's go heels let's go heels. Um, but i don't know i think he's he would be my sleeper but like you, you kind of named the guys that, that make sense for me at least um but i think 
Kobe White could be in that conversation. I'd love to see him in that conversation. Um, but yeah, is that is that your hot take though? That, that was uh, that was kind of it. Yeah. So that was my one hot take, and then I'll give one other one. One more. Um, so I'm gonna say, I think Kyle Kuzma averages at least 20 a game this year. That's my next hot take. He would probably win most improved if he did. He would win most improved. Yeah, I just think with Washington, you know, they added Kispert and they have Avija back, but I just think the opportunity is there for Kuzma. And again, I'm going to say this over and over again. It is so hard being a young, budding NBA player playing alongside LeBron James. Just yeah, the pressure. It's, it, it's not LeBron's fault because he really does make everybody better, but yeah, it's yeah. just hard being in that environment. No, Nobody pays yeah. attention to Washington. They got Dinwiddie, Beal, and Kuzma. Those are going to be the three guys next year in terms of really scoring the ball. And uh, I think Kuzma could average 20 a game this year. That's my next hot take. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, my my thing, I said something about the Pacers before. Like, I said about the Pacers, it wasn't really strong or, like, so concrete because, like, they could be the 10 seed. Not, but I think they're I think they're a top seven team on paper in the in the East, and they could be, like, a six or seven. Um, excuse me. My other one, I have two guys I think are going to make huge strides this year. I mentioned one before, Malachi Flynn. He played less than 20 minutes a game last year. Even with Barnes and Drogic, there's so much room for opportunity because Lowry was playing 30, 35 minutes a game minimum like every night. So I think that Malachi – and I think they know that they're confident Malachi Flynn, and he averaged – I don't know off the top of my head. I think it was eight points a game, seven, seven points a game, something like that. He could easily be averaging like 12, 13 a game next year, playing like 25 minutes a game, closer to 30. Like, I think he is really good. I've been high on him since since San Diego State. Go Aztecs. Um, yeah. <laughs> as I had that on my head. But they, I think he takes a big leap this year. I think people don't even realize, not even on their radars, like he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be a decent guard in this league for a decent amount of time. And then my other one, Jonathan Isaac. Let's talk about him. Jonathan oh, Isaac, best player on the Magic I, on both ends of the floor. It's not really a conversation. Um, I, I actually like Jalen Suggs. And I think if Jonathan Isaac comes back some point in the early part of the season, which it looks like he's he's been on, he's do, been doing basketball workouts, he's starting to get, get in some contact. I think he is a dark horse, not this year. Like he he could win a deep in the next two years. He's that potential. He won't. He won't win one. Um, and he could win most improved this year if he gets back in the lineup early. He averaged 12 and seven two years ago, didn't play last year. So he could go from averaging 12 and seven to literally scoring 20 points a game and getting like three. He averaged two blocks and two steals per game two years ago in his second year. So he could be getting like three blocks a game, 20 points, like eight boards, nine boards, uh, kind of similar to what John Collins was doing two years ago, if you remember. Um, different, different types of players, and Isaac's much better defensively. Uh, much more sound and efficiently defensively. But I think he, if he steps, if he plays early in the year, like 75, 80% of the year minimum, he could win most improved. That's my thing. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of that pick and the opportunities there. So hopefully, you know, he's healthy and good to go, you know, early in the season. Yeah. Um, all right. We do have one question. We got a question on our Q&A weekly segment. Uh, Ryder Brinkley on TikTok asks us, how do you think Clay is going to come back this year and what capacity like stuff? Um, I will say real fast before, like, I want to say that I don't think defensively is going to be the same. That's the biggest, going to be the biggest drop off. Uh, I think he'll still be offensively. He'll still be a great alternative scorer for them. Like there's no getting around that. He literally doesn't, doesn't need to dribble the ball and he'll score 40 points. Like, is that good? Defensively is where you're going to see the impact be a problem, I think. But what do you think? Yeah, really just adding from that, right? I think there's a reason they drafted a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. Um, yeah. arguably the best athlete in the draft can really defend one through five. 
I think he's going to ease the pressure off of play when he comes back. They brought back Iggy as well, another good defender. Avery Bradley, whatever he, he has left in him. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, when you miss that much time with, you know, an Achilles injury and ACL, it's really no joke, right? So, you know, we wish Clay the best, and, you know, it'll be great to see the Splash Brothers back out there, hopefully by Christmas. So we'll see. But, no, that was a heck of a question. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's shout out to uh, Ryder. If you guys ever have questions, you obviously hit me up on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and I'll add them the best ones in the Q&A every week. Um, but that's going to be it for us this week. Mike, I'm going to give you a chance to input, insert your socials if you want people to follow you, to hit, hit you up, whatever you want. Yeah, if you're trying to see some uh, amazing Nets content or just overall <laughs> NBA content, um, my Twitter is mvenets5, M V E N E T Z 5. And my Instagram is Mike Venezia 5. Yeah, you um, want to get the personal stuff, you know, like the personal right. pictures of him out, out eating a steak or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, no, uh, right. Thanks again for having me on the show today. This was awesome. Um, hopefully, we can do it again in the future and uh, keep up the good work, man. Seriously, you're going. Of course. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you're gonna. This is not going to be anywhere near the last time you come on. Uh, it's a good timing with the NBA season coming up. Hopefully the people like you because you're going to be back maybe more than once and maybe at a consistency in the future. Um, but appreciate everyone for listening. Hope everyone has a great week. Hope everybody has a great start to the NBA season. Uh, and we also hope fantasy football is going well. We didn't talk about that, but we can do that next time. Uh, but yeah, we hope everyone has a good week. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you all for listening. Hit me up if you got any questions, comments, suggestions, whatever. Hope you have a great week. Appreciate you all. Peace. Peace.